things change, the more they stay the same. Isn't that how the, uh, the old adage goes? The more things change, the more they stay the same. And that's sort of the way it is, isn't it? Um, life goes by and children grow up. Parents get older. Grandparents get older still. Faces on the teams seem to change, but the colors remain the same. And it seems like everything that changes, well, nothing really does change. School colors are always the same year after year after year. Games are still played on Friday nights or whenever. And Oh, we got a new stadium. And that new stadium is probably five or seven years old here in Hudson. So the new stadium's really not so new at all, is it? When I lived in Kentucky, there was this fellow everybody called Goose. And one day Goose was talking to me and he says that so-and-so lives down by the old Kroger. And I said to him, how long is the new Kroger been open? He said, oh, I suppose about seven or eight years. I said, well, when are you going to start calling it Big Lots? He said, well, I suppose whenever the Big Lots moves out of the old Kroger store, we'll start calling it the old Big Lots store. And that's how we'll know it then. And that's sort of the way we do things, isn't it? Uh, We're so reluctant to enter into change. Every now and then, though, something happens, you know. Somebody buys a house and they just completely gut it and remodel it. And, and the kitchen is where the den used to be. And, and now there's a sunroom on the back and a new master bedroom or something. Or, or even more, they buy a house and they completely tear it down and build a new one where the old one stood. And, and the neighborhood all of a sudden looks completely different and it's changed. But only for a little while. It does pretty soon things kind of settle in and you get used to that change. And before you know it, a decade or two has slipped by and nothing else has changed. Or maybe maybe your daughter, your 14-year-old daughter is is a blonde or a brunette and she goes and spends the night with her friends and she comes back and suddenly she has like jet black hair or even, you know, bright purple hair. <laughs> and all of a sudden, wow, that seems like a big change. I'm not sure I was ready for that. Every now and then people go through major changes. But not often. Most of the time they're more subtle. And even the ones we think are so radical are not that radical after all. Suppose somebody moves from Cleveland to Denver. Boy, the weather changes. You didn't realize you could have that many days of sunshine in a year, right? You go from Cleveland to Denver and all of a sudden the, the weather and the, you know, changes. You have this different climate altogether. Maybe the, the accents change and, and maybe, um, the women wear their hair differently or, you know, the men wear Western style shirts. I don't know what they do. Um, you know, but pretty soon those subtle changes go away and you realize that everywhere is anywhere. You can even move to places like, I don't know, like Ireland or, or France or Russia. And at first, oh my word, it's such a big change. Everything is so different. People speak with a different accent or even a different language. They like different sports and in like a different form of government. They're, they, they seem like they're completely different people and it's a completely different world. And then pretty soon you realize that every place is any place and the more things change, the more they stay the same. And the people really are just people no matter where they are in the world. But sometimes, sometimes you can take baby steps. You know? Maybe it's not incremental radical change, but just a little bit of change. Just a a tiny bit, a, a, a little bit. Maybe somebody changes careers or maybe somebody um, changes a lifestyle, picks up a new hobby, gives up something. Maybe um, somebody goes from being a, a, a carnivore to a vegetarian, you know, they quit eating meat. 
Or maybe they quit smoking or, or, or give up alcohol or something like that. And, and, and these small changes might make a, a, a significant impact in their life. It comes out as a, as a really different type of change. Radical change doesn't really happen very often. But sometimes we can't underestimate the power of baby steps, small changes. Um, in the gospel lesson today, we find uh, Jesus early in his ministry with his band of disciples. Uh, Matthew gives us all of their names, the twelve. And these these disciples are novices. They're fledglings in ministry. They, they've just begun following Jesus. And... Um, and as he goes around from town to town, city to city, village to village, I'm looking at the choir, but they're not there. Um, this is habit. Uh, he goes around. They, uh, the uh, the crowds are beginning to gather, and Jesus is teaching, and they marvel at his teaching. But then he's healing, right? He's he's casting out demons. He's um, he's restoring health and life to people who have leprosy and and other types of disease, and they're thrilled. In fact, they say. We've never seen anything like this in Israel ever before. This is a real sea change. Whatever is going on here is really different. This is a we've never seen anything like this before. And he goes around and he teaches and he tells people that God is king and the kingdom is here right now. The kingdom is present. And then he does something that that has to sort of freak out his friends, you know, his disciples, something he's yet to do with them. It begins like this. This is in the chapter 10 part. These 12 Jesus sent out. And he says to them, instructs them, go nowhere among the Gentiles and there are no town of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And proclaim as you go, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You received without paying, give without pay. Heretofore, Jesus has been the one leading this whole movement, going from city to city, village to village, town to town. And with him, these 12 men follow. And they watch and they observe. They see him teaching and they learn and they hear maybe the same sermon a, a second or a third time. You think, I know something about that. And, and they go around and, and they follow him and, and, and they see him heal and they marvel like everybody else does. They're watchers. They're observers. They're learners. But not today, <laughs> not today. Now you go, you go into the world, go into these, the, the towns and the villages. Matthew tells us their names and he gives them to us in pairs. I think that's because this is how they went out. Jesus sends them out two by two, Luke tells us, in the, in the sending of the 70 disciples. Here it is, the sending of the 12, and where names are given two by two, and I think this is the way they go. But I want you to imagine the sheer terror <laughs> in the hearts of these followers of Jesus when he says to them, look, you've been following for a little while. They're still not over there. You've been following for a little while. You've been um, you've been with me. You've seen everything I've done. Now it's your turn. It's time for you all to go. Little mission. Report back. Here's what I want you to do. Proclaim the gospel. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Imagine that's you that he's saying it to. I don't know. I mean, like, really? You want me to do what you've been doing? I mean, you do this really well, Jesus. And we don't we don't need us to go out there and mess these things up. 
I mean, imagine that he says this to you. It'd be pretty scary stuff. It, it, Matthew goes on, he says, he sends these out, and he says, though, a little, a little caution, a little, I'm not sending you everywhere. Sends them out, go nowhere among the Gentiles, enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I think he's making this, this, um, this mission easier. He, he's making it simplified, putting boundaries around it. Because these are baby steps. Just take a baby step and see how that works, right? Um, and, and so the, the first one is the boundaries. Don't go to the Samaritans. Don't go among the Gentiles. Just go to your neighbors. You know, just just go here to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, the people that you've grown up with, the people that you know, the the people that you live among and around. Don't have to go far. Stay close. I don't think this is an Israel superiority thing because later on, what's going to happen? Jesus says, "Go to Jeru- uh, go to Ju- uh, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the very ends of the earth." Here, it's not that. This is the first mission. Take a baby step. The second one is um, the the specificity of the audience, the lost sheep of the house of Israel. This isn't really a cultural uh, bridge that they need to go over. They know they speak the language. They speak the language not just in terms of of the dialect, they speak the street language. They know they know the warp and woof of the culture. And so go to the people that you know and that are close. And the third way he takes the pressure off is that he tells them that they really don't have to teach. Uh, in, in modern homiletics, there's this sort of bridge in the way that we preach. It's preaching and teaching, sort of what I'm doing right now. But Jesus doesn't tell them to do that. Just proclaim. All you have to do is say the kingdom of heaven is at hand. God has drawn near. That's all you have to say. Just say it. You are not responsible for the response. If people want to ignore you or not pay attention to you, that's fine. Just go along. Just go out and say this message. Just say it. This is a change. It's a change in the way that they've been going about life. They have been watching. They have been listening. They've been the audience. Jesus has been the star. And now he says, no, now you're going to go out and you're going to be on stage yourself. Again, imagine how frightening. Imagine how unsettling this must have been to his disciples. But again, he says this. And if anyone will not receive you or listen to you, shake the dust off your feet. Don't worry about the response. Don't worry. Just do your job. If people ignore you, they ignore you at their own peril. But you go forth and proclaim this message. We have entered into the season of kingdom tide. I I kind of mentioned this a little bit last week. Kingdom tide, the, the season after Trinity Sunday, the season that focuses on the mission of the church in the world. It's the longest season in the church year. You know, we begin with four weeks of Advent and then only 12 days of Christmas. And then we have these seasons, um, uh, the, the season of Epiphany, about seven weeks. And it goes into the season of Lent, which is about seven weeks, into the season of Easter, which is about seven weeks. And now we're entering to Kingdom Tide. This year, 24 weeks, almost six months of a season that focuses on the church doing mission in the world. Evangelism, mission, things that we've heard over and over and over again, but I want to nuance it at the beginning of this season this way. 
The first is, I want to make it personal. Mission is personal. Jesus calls these disciples my name, Simon and Andrew. Matthew gives them to us, doesn't he? James and John, Thomas, that, who else? Bartholomew. We have all. Don't make me go through all 12. I can do it, but not right now. Okay, he, he gives us these names. It's personal. It's personal. It's like Joe and Abby, Bob, Phil, Jim, Rich, Joanna. You. I want you. You and 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 you. And you, <laughs> in the world, um, I want you to go in mission into the world. And you don't have to go to Mozambique or Madagascar or Malta or even Montana or Maine or Massachusetts. Do you like my M's today? <laughs> you don't have to go to any of those places. Just go to Cuyahoga Falls or Stowe or Hudson. Or Macedonia, not the country, but Ohio. You know, go here, right next door. How do you do this? I don't know. How do you do it during a pandemic? Hello, Joe, are you not paying attention? We're not allowed to go anywhere. <laughs> well, you do, don't you? And we do. We're allowed to go some places. We're allowed to get out into the world. And even if we couldn't go out into the world, we go out into the world on our phones or our laptops or our our, our notebooks, our pad, whatever they call it, iPads. All this way we go into the world. And a lot of times we go into the world and we engage in all the wrong things. And Jesus is saying, go into the world and engage with this message. That God is king and he's king right now. His kingdom is right here, present with us right now. And don't make a plan. Jesus actually says to his friends... Don't worry about taking money. Don't even take an extra set of clothes. You'll be fine. Just go. Don't make a plan. Just go do your world. Go into your world the way you normally do. Go to whatever restaurant you're, you know, willing to sit out on the patio and eat at, like I do. Uh, go to um, the farmer's market if you go there, or to the grocery, or to the bank, or whatever it is that you can do right now. Let me tell you this. Go to your grandchildren and your children and your nieces and your nephews. It's not about going far. Just right here in your own world where you live. And tell them the kingdom of God is here now. And life can be changed. There can be hope if you're hopeless. There can be a sense of, of meaning and reason. Maybe it's true that the more things change, the more they stay the same. Don't underestimate the value of baby steps, little changes. Maybe somebody hears something from you. Maybe they hear something from you and they maybe have been told a million times, but they never heard it. And they hear it for the first time. And suddenly they have hope. Maybe somebody hears something from you and they begin to notice God. <laughs> you know, that's what we just, just make them notice Give an opportunity to notice that God is present in the world. And they suddenly have an awakening or a renewal or a transition or a transformation in their life. Just because you spoke a word of hope into their life. The other day we, um, we have these friends, Brett and Jamie. 
and they have this adorable little girl, Hannah. Um, and maybe some of you remember back in the winter, um, I helped take care of Hannah. Jamie was in the hospital for a while, and, and they really didn't have anybody. So so Hannah came, and she would stay with me like most days, and I would bring her to work. <laughs> we went everywhere together. And, um, and she was just a tiny baby, just a few months old. In fact, she was in my car in the back seat the day a young man ran through a stop sign and hit me broadside and spun my car into a, a yard and I just absolutely lost my wits. Um, and I, you know, airbags are deployed everywhere and I get out of the car and I, uh, you know, pulling this door open and she's in the back seat and the airbag is hanging down. There's smoke everywhere. And I pull it back and there she is and she's laughing. And I just started to cry. I was just so relieved because she's just this adorable little girl. And um, she was at church one time, not long ago, and I introduced her. Well, they sent us a video just the other day, um, maybe day before yesterday or yesterday, I'm sure. And and there's Hannah, now seven months. And she was over at the house uh, last week, and but this time she's up and she's crawling. She's crawling all the way across the floor and her dad's going crazy on the phone. You can see it as, as she's making all these steps and he's just cheering her on and, and she's moving across the room. That house is about to change, isn't it? That house, they're about to find that there are things they had no idea that she could get into, that she's going to get into. All of a sudden, everything's going to have to change. And in a few months, she'll be walking And a few months later, she'll be crawling. And there'll be more and more changes that take place. Baby steps. Never underestimate the value of small changes. Be willing and daring to make a small change and you could change the world. At least somebody's world. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.